0: Computer, initialize Holosuite. suite Hello, everybody, and welcome to Random Trek Book Review, the podcast where we read, analyze, and review a not-so-randomly-selected Star Trek book or novel. My name is Andrew, and I'll be flying solo this week as Matt is vacationing on the beautiful Riza. This week, we are looking at Last Best Hope, the first book in the Star Trek Picard uh, relaunch series. It was released back on February the 11th, 2020. And the cover features, of course, Patrick Stewart with his uh It was written by Una McCormick. And the black cover synopsis says, 15 years ago, you led us out of the darkness. You commanded the greatest rescue armada in history. Then, the unimaginable. What did that cost you? Your faith? Your faith in us? Your faith in yourself? Tell us, why did you leave Starfleet, Admiral? Every end has a beginning, and this electrifying novel details the events leading into the new Star Trek TV series, introducing readers to brand new characters featured in the life of Jean-Luc Picard, widely considered to be one of the most popular and recognizable figures in all of science fiction. Alright, as is customary here on RTR, I'll give you kind of my overall impressions of the book. I think that if you are a fan of the TV series, then you'll probably like the book. It gives a pretty good kind of lead-in to uh, all the characters and all the plot points that we kind of hear about in the first couple of episodes of Picard and just kind of flushes them out. Um, I think that it's a pretty easy read. I read it... Three or four days, probably. Uh, I had taken it out from the library, so I was kind of on a bit of a time crunch anyway, but it was pretty easy to read, and I was able to get through it pretty quickly. Uh, the only kind of unique things about this book, in terms of uh, how it's presented, is that the beginning of each chapter starts with an Admiral's Log, which is kind of a nice little tie back to, you know, Captain's Logs from the TV shows, and it's kind of broken up into three big chunks. And the three chunks are Hope, Best, and Last all right on with the plot um we don't really get a teaser for this book sadly we get maybe a page page and a half that is current day basically start of the series where Picard is on the winery and he's thinking back to how he'd gotten to this spot and then it's almost an immediately flashback so I kind of wish we'd gotten more of some sort of teaser like we do on the on the typical weekly shows but we don't and I mean I guess that's how they decided to do it the other thing that I guess that I should just say right off the top is that uh, just like in Picard there's kind of an overuse of swearing uh, immediately right off the bat you know Geordi swearing and, and a lot of the main characters are swearing and It just reads really cringy. I mean, if you liked it in the show, you probably like it in the book. If you hated it in the show like I did, then you probably hate it in the book as well. But yeah, oh, I really don't like it. What I do like is that we are introduced to uh, Clancy and Borden, uh, who are kind of the two, um, you know head honchos at Starfleet. Of course, we would eventually see Admiral Clancy in the TV series, but in this book, she's just a captain. They call Picard in to basically go over the mission, and it's the mission that we we saw on the show, which is that basically the scientists at the Federation Committee have realize that the Romulan star is going to go supernova and it's probably going to destroy a bunch of planets and leave a bunch of people homeless. And so they're going to hire on Picard or they're going to give Picard this mission where he is going to lead the armada of uh, ships to rescue Romulan people and to basically find them new, new houses. They go into a nice little kind of side bit where Picard has to, you know, leave the Enterprise. Uh, there's a little Beverly cameo where he, he basically... Phones her, or he has a FaceTime with Beverly and says that he's leaving and things, which is nice, but you don't really get anything too meaty other than just kind of his thoughts about the fact that he's been there for so long and that now he's leaving. Um, we also kind of get a nice, interesting little piece where Picard also recommends Worf to be the new captain of the Enterprise, the Enterprise E, of course. It's a bit strange because I feel like at the end of Deep Space Nine he was like an ambassador but I guess at some point he's gone back to Starfleet and he's the first officer uh, to Picard's Enterprise-E. And uh, I guess he's kind of first in line to become the captain. There's a nice little Easter egg where Clancy and Borden aren't really sure about whether Worf would be a good captain. And they even go so far as to mention Sukara, which if you don't remember, this was basically the episode of Deep Space Nine where Worf abandons the mission in order to save his wife, Dax. I think that episode was called Change of Heart. So kind of a nice little Easter egg. I mean, at this point, it's... You know, a million years ago, I don't know that it would be still a a black mar on his resume, but uh, it's just kind of nice that they threw that in. So I appreciated it. They also mentioned uh, the Klingon moon exploding, which, um, of course, was from the the movies, like the original series movies. But it was kind of, again, nice that they mentioned it. And they talk about how, you know, when the moon exploded, there were a lot of people that had to be moved, but it was nowhere near to the scale or to the size of the Romulan star because there's so many more planets and so many more people that would have been you know, affected by that supernova. Uh, we also get some mention of Data. Uh, surprisingly, considering how important he was in the TV series, uh, or at least the first season of the TV series, he's only kind of mentioned in passing. So for example, Picard mentions that Data would have been his first choice if he were still alive in this, you know, in this timeline, I suppose, because I kind of have a memory of Data actually being the first officer and eventually captaining the Enterprise in the JJ 2009 lead up novel. So I guess they kind of had to maybe rework things and to kind of change things uh, for this story. So uh, he mentions that it would have been his first choice, but it couldn't be. Uh, and then just kind of another cool Easter egg is that Picard also mentions that Bajor has uh, joined the Federation just shortly before this book. So I know that Matt and I have talked about that a bunch, about how, you know, you'd always expected that by the end of Deep Space Nine, Bajor would have been, you know, officially entered into the Federation, but they chose not to do it, which I kind of like, you know. With Voyager, you knew kind of the end episode was probably going to be them getting back to Earth. It maybe was too... Uh, predictable to have Bejor joining the Federation for Deep Space Nine. So I'm kind of glad that they chose to not do it. And eventually they do join. And apparently it's just shortly before the events of this book. So I mean, in terms of the storyline, Picard takes on this huge mission, you know, it's a huge undertaking. He's not exactly sure how he's going to do it, but he knows that it's important enough that he's going to have to. He also thinks that he's kind of a good person to lead it because he has good relationship with the Romulans in the past. But that being said, he can't really lead the mission via the Enterprise because um, the Romulans would maybe have bad memories about the Enterprise. And they've had a lot of run ins. I mean, I guess in Nemesis and in, in some of the the other, you know, adventures that we haven't yet to see. So yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing. I, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of wish that uh, maybe we got to see the Enterprise, or maybe they had some scenes on it, but we don't. We just basically see Picard on Earth, and he just phones back and says that he's he's not coming back. Uh, But one of the people that he does keep is Geordi. So he needs an engineer for the Mars plant shipyard. So he kind of enlists. Geordi or actually Geordie kind of phones him and asks him if he could do it so Geordie goes to the Utopia Planitia on Mars and he is in charge for building new ships in order to hopefully have enough people and enough ships and enough manpower in order to kind of do this mission because it's just so big and it's just so vast so Picard gets the ship called the Verity that's uh, his car, his ship throughout the uh, show, or the book, and Geordi goes off to Mars, and this is uh, yeah, this is the setup, right? Um, I don't think that's anything new or crazy, exciting, other than just the fact that it flushes out the beginning parts of where uh, Picard was able to accept the mission and kind of the people that he brings in to the fold in order to help him. Uh, He even goes and does kind of like an interview section where he interviews a bunch of people to be his number one and of course the person that he picks is Rafi so we also get a little bit of their relationship and the reasons kind of why he chose her and it's mostly just because you know she's going to keep him honest and she's not going to really pull any punches she's kind of no-nonsense and she's kind of the perfect You know, right hand woman for uh, this particular mission on the Verity. Speaking of Raffi, the Raffi Picard stuff is definitely my favorite section in the book. I think that the other side storylines are okay, but definitely my attention waned whenever. There was talk of Gerardy and of Geordi and all the other characters. The Raffi Picard stuff and the actual evacuation of Romulan people was the most interesting part. We get an explanation on how she came up with the J.L. nickname and of course a lot of people hated that, that Jean-Luc Picard, the most famous captain ever, had such a, a cheesy nickname. But I never actually really minded it. I think that it speaks to their relationship and in the book... The way that Rafi comes about it is that she just starts calling it him JL one day and it just kind of sticks. I think that it suits the more low-key, softer Jean-Luc Picard that we're used to in this series versus early TNG where he was very rigid in things. So I'm not against that. I think that it's really good. I think that all the stuff with Picard and Rafi as they struggle basically to... Get the Romulans to accept to leave, and then eventually, when they get to new places, getting them all set up and everything like that. A lot of the book is actually Picard and Raffi fighting with Romulans, uh, almost too much so, actually, because there's kind of three or four major planets where they go, there's a conflict, they have to, you know, really twist their arms in order to get them to leave, and then. They eventually do. The only one that I would say that is really well done is when Picard goes and he has to evacuate the Kawat Malat. So this is the one from Absolute Candor. They did that really well. So they established that these Kuat Malot ladies were much more willing, much more accepting. Uh, And in a roundabout way, it's actually the only real success that Picard and Raffi, as well as the crew of the Verity, have. So uh, because of that, they use it almost as the poster child or the poster uh, for how great of a job Starfleet is doing. Uh, We get introduced to Elnor, and you kind of see the relationship that Picard and Elnor have. I mean, I don't like that character, and I didn't really like what they did in the show, but it was kind of nice to see that Picard had this connection early on. And I mean, it wasn't anything really that much beyond the flashbacks that we got from that particular episode, Absolute Candor, but they do flesh it out a little bit more, and it was kind of nice to see. So like I mentioned, there is a lot of side stories that are going on. I think that I'll just do them as bullet points because they were... They were touch and go, to say the very least. One of the storylines is that the Federation and the Romulans have two different main scientists. The Federation has Amal Safadi and the Romulans have Nocum Vertet. And they have different statistics on how far the explosion of the supernova will go. And because the Federation scientist knows for sure that they are correct. They actually phone the Romulan person. They try to get them to come. They don't come. There's this whole mystery side plot where, you know, the secret police come and take no converted and, and, try to cover up the information. They even kind of do a, a throwback to the four lights where they try to brainwash him into not believing the the, st- the science, the statistics on how far this star is going to go. It is probably the worst part of the book. Um, it was really difficult for me to get through. It also didn't make a whole ton of sense. They don't really explain why the Romulans wouldn't want to have the most up-to-date information and why they wouldn't want to try to save as many of other people as possible. So I think they were trying to make this thing where the Romulans are so sneaky and so evil, they're going to stop their own people. But it was pretty bad. Uh, it almost read kind of like uh, climate change deniers, or the government trying to cover up or hush hush climate change statistics. But in this case, it really just wasn't interesting. And I think they probably could have just left it out because I don't think it really added anything to the book. And it definitely didn't add anything to the Picard Season 1 storyline that we're used to. Uh, We get a little bit of Raffi's relationship with her husband and her kid. Again, we don't get anything new. It's essentially the stuff that we saw in the flashback from... You know the episode where she runs into her son and and how her relationship fell apart because she took this job and she was away from her family for so long that she just never really was around and they eventually got sick of it and they they ditched her. Uh, it's it's too bad. You you definitely feel a little bit more for Raffy and you see some of that alcoholism start to sneak in, but it's nothing really new. So I think. It would have been nice maybe to see a little bit more or something a little bit different or maybe if she had done something slightly worse, she takes this job, she's away for a few months and the husband and the kid basically turn their back on her and that's all we get. So I think that they maybe should have done a bit more with this because I was interested in it but it was pretty much exactly what I expected. There is uh, the introduction of Dr. Girardi, which is interesting. She is kind of an understudy at this point. So despite being a doctor, she is doing kind of a postdoc with uh, artificial life and synthetics and androids and everything. So she starts working with Maddox, and they have a side storyline where she kind of, you know, he's she's almost a muse. She, she encourages him to keep working on the artificial technology and the synths and everything, they definitely clear up the fact that the synths are not quite as advanced as Android, so synths are literally just to help build the ships for Geordi because they don't have enough manpower and they're never going to be able to make enough ships to save all the Romulans. So they hire on Bruce Maddox to come in and to build synths so they can have an assembly line of people. So that kind of connects nicely with with the show. And of course, eventually they end up turning evil and attacking Mars and everything. But seeing Maddox and Jurati interact with each other and some of their romance is good to see. Uh, but again, this is not anything new. We essentially got all of the stuff that they show when, uh, in the TV series is watching those old videos on her iPad. Uh, that basically sums up their entire relationship and, and we don't get a whole lot new here other than that she kind of maybe pushed him a little bit more than we, you know, what we were led to believe from the show. Uh, One of the biggest problems with the book that I had was that everything lines up in terms of the characters and where they're at and how they got there, but not really in a great way. So the Mars attack happens. Geordi is spared because he was kind of on a shuttle. Picard comes back and he wants to continue the, the mission or he wants to kind of continue going forward. But because the the resources are so s- stretched and they're so thin. A lot of the Federation planets are feeling as if there's too much uh, effort and too much money and too many ships being used for the uh, Romulan recovery effort. And so the Mars attack is really just kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back. There's a, a, a kind of a politician named Olivia Quest. Um, And she has this big, you know, Romulan space is best for Romulans mandate. And so she's pushing throughout the book that, you know, we shouldn't be wasting all of our ships and all of our best people and all of our best research on saving Romulans because Romulan space is the best for Romulans. It's a very of the time kind of storyline, let's say. But once it all kind of happens, Picard goes in, he resigns. It's in like the last two pages or the last three pages of the book. So he resigns, he goes to the winery, and we're left where everybody was at the beginning of season one of Picard. But it doesn't ever tell us anything that we would be curious about so we still don't know why the star blew up we still don't know why the synths attacked we are kind of left in the same exact spot as we were at the beginning of Picard the middle of Picard and the end of Picard so I really wish they had given us a little bit more because once the book was done it was kind of cool to see some of the prequel stuff that we got But we never really truly find out those big answers to the questions that I think, for me anyway, unless I miss something, um, were really lingering uh, after I watched season one. So looking at the cast and characters, I'll just do it really quickly here because I kind of touched on everybody, but just as an overall view... Picard is basically the same as he is in the show, which is nice. They didn't try to make him too TNG. he It's a nice transition, really. You see some TNG character traits, but it's mostly the same person that we know from the new Picard series, which I really liked. Raffy's really good. I think that she's probably my favorite character in this new rebrand. I think that they do a great job of writing for her in the book. It's always really hard to write funny stuff when you're reading it and they do a good job of making Raffi, you know, very humorous and the way she kind of goes about things in such a you know flippant way is kind of nice and and it fits with what we know of her so raffi is really well done clancy again you would think that there would be more friction between picard and clancy because he gets such a cold reception when he goes to see her but not really their relationship in the book is you know he he does a couple of things that maybe ruffles her feathers and she has to fix a couple of his mistakes but for the most part their relationship's pretty good so it kind of doesn't make as much sense as to why Picard and her are on such bad terms when they eventually meet in whatever that was the second or third episode but I mean generally speaking she's pretty good uh I think they probably could have just used her So Admiral Borden is, you know, the higher up. He's the one who is quarterbacking the whole mission. And I don't know that he was really needed, especially since he's really just for the book. I think they probably could have just gotten rid of him and maybe made Clancy an admiral at this point. Although, um, yeah, they chose to kind of do this one-two punch and I don't think they needed it. Olivia Quest, she plays a great politician. I don't think that I would really change anything about what she was. She was really um, a nice little addition, and it made a lot more sense that they would pull out of the whole Romulan mission because of pressure from the Federation planets that are talking about leaving versus the Mars attack, which might not have had any connection to the Romulans or at least we are never told that so I thought that this was a nice addition and I kind of wish that maybe we had seen a little bit more of this kind of stuff in the show especially in the early on section where um, it's a little bit gray as to why exactly the Federation and Starfleet pulled out of the Romulan mission so abruptly and why Picard would leave because of you know that decision. Um, Jurati and Maddox they're okay. They're pretty much exactly like what they are on the show, which is about as much as you could ask for. I don't think that we really get anything extra from them. Uh, I kind of think that there's maybe not enough time between when Maddox leaves this section and when we have full-blown human-like androids uh, with uh, Dodge and Soji. So I think that maybe that wasn't great. The timeline doesn't really work well for me, but They're okay. Um, Their storyline is interesting enough to to read through, and it's kind of interesting to see – uh, why Maddox goes off and starts to kind of do his own research uh, on that planet where the androids all show up. So that was kind of cool. Uh, we see LaForge, La um, which is just, it's nice to see LaForge, but he doesn't really do anything. He basically is just uh, getting the ships together and everything. So uh, I kind of wish we had seen a bit more from him or, or gotten a little bit, some bit more exciting stuff, but he's okay. And like I mentioned, uh, Elnor is in this book, but he's a little kid at this point And, uh, Nah, he's he's okay, but he, he's nothing great. On the production side of things, on the trivia side of things, there's a nice little nod to the Bajoran Gratitude Festival. So uh, Picard has a an assistant basically who's Bajoran, and he she does a lot of help with him and 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 does a lot of great work. And there is a point where they have a little Bajoran Gratitude Festival. So a nice little wink and a nod. There is also a cameo by spock and of course this would be the leonard nimoy prime spock uh who is leaving romulus and i kind of felt like the way that it was written it was almost like oh those jj movies never happened it was just written in such a way that made it feel like uh yeah so like all that stuff from the jj movies we're just going to ignore because uh it just doesn't fit anymore it's 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 not you know it's not being made anymore so just forget about that stuff we're doing this stuff now uh, but still it's not always nice to see spock there is one thing i was kind of curious about and i might be i will check with matt or i will just google it myself but i think that they kind of left laforge a commander for too long so at this point almost everybody else has moved on but LaForge is still a commander which I I get because he would maybe want to be the engineer for the Enterprise but I kind of think they're almost rewriting some of the stuff that we saw with Voyager because we know that he had aspirations to be a captain so I wish that they had maybe kept that or or maybe you know he had gone back from being a captain to work on it I think that that would have been a good thing to do uh memorable scene I think that probably just the stuff with Raffi Raffi's my favorite character in the book and in the show. So I think that she's probably my favorite thing. There's not one particular scene or anything where she's great. She's just good overall. So, uh, yeah, this is a decent read. I would, definitely recommend it to anybody that uh, was a fan of the show i think that they probably were a little bit handcuffed in terms of what stuff they could reveal or what stuff they could say or what they couldn't do maybe how much they knew going in but it's a decent little prequel it's uh, a lead up but you don't get anything too too juicy I, i almost feel like you know, this could have been another 100 pages, another 200 pages, and we could have got a lot more in depth on, you know, why the Romulans are doing this, why the synths attacked, why did a lot of this stuff happen. And so, for that reason, I think I got to give it three out of five and we'll give it three out of five admiral logs because i thought that the admiral log at the beginning of each of the chapters was kind of a cool thing so yeah i kind of wish we maybe get more picard books because as of right now i don't think there are any slated to come out and uh i think that this is really just kind of a one-off which which is too bad all right and that does it for this edition of rtbr i know this is kind of a little bit of a you know, side, side note from, uh, our discovery series, but I just picked up dead endless and I'm going to read that over the next couple of weeks. And you can look for that on the next edition of RTBR. Thanks so much. This show is brought to you by HollowSweet Media. Computer, list other available HollowSweet Media programs. Loading HollowSweet Preview Program 4, Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I think we all thought Ransom was going to go into that fight scene, thinking that it was game over before it even started and he was going to lose. But I think the moment he rips his uniform off, <laughs> yeah. which is hard anyway to rip a shirt, but to rip an actual like jacket like that, mm. pretty impressive. And then he had like... About, I don't know, I think it's like 62 abs. He just looked ripped. And then he was just like, you know, a little bit of this. Yeah. A little bit of that. <laughs> I was just going to say, it was the way that he also narrated it. It was just perfect. It was great. Ransom definitely went to the school of Kirk Fu. Ransom Fu, maybe we should be calling it. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, The Voyages. A Star Trek original, animated, and Kelvin Films podcast. Full honesty, I did find that the scene was... Seemingly long when they were driving with him and Scotty to get to the Enterprise when they were in their little capsule. I felt that that was a very long scene driving around the whole Enterprise. But find yourself someone in life that looks at you the way Kirk looked at the Enterprise. I mean, that was a beautiful moment. And I absolutely adored when Spock came back onto the Enterprise. Just how everybody on the bridge, like Yuhura and Chekhov and everybody, they just kind of rallied around him. And it was a really warming moment just to see that original core group of people just celebrate him and happy to see him. Computer, deactivate Suite.